deeply grateful, deeply thankful for the love of God that shines in our heart, in our mind, the eternal flame. Deeply grateful and thankful that we are gathering together to say yes to our wholeness and our holiness. Deeply grateful that we're being given this wonderful opportunity to heal together. We've given ourselves this opportunity. And we're accepting the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We partner up to remember and recognize each other as perfect expressions of love and light. So grateful that this is our true nature. So grateful that we can see it in each other and see it in ourselves. We are grateful. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our joy, our freedom with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. All right, so uh, Kristen, uh, no, are you here today, Kristen? Okay, so uh, she had written me some questions that she'd like me to talk about, really good questions, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do that and. Uh, here we are. So, the the first question she asks is about responsibility, and it's really about the law of cause and effect, which is what we were talking about in the year one class yesterday. So if this is a topic that interests you, then uh, I encourage you to listen to that class. And uh, also, uh, we're, we're going to do some follow-up to our class, last class, uh, and look at cause and effect in our own life experience more deeply, as we did in the breakout last night. And... One thing I can tell you is if you are in any way interested ever in teaching or speaking or writing about spirituality, if you're interested in truly uh, being able to comprehend the, the way the one mind works, then you really are going to be excited to truly know, 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 know. Not not just understand, because that understanding and comprehension, they're really of the intellect. But when we know something, we know that we know that we know. It's like if you ask somebody, um, like if if I ask... 
Carol, does she love her grandchildren? She's going to say yes, of course. But if we say, how do you know that? How do you know that you love them? It's in a certain sense, it's just you know, because you feel it so fully and completely with your being that it, it's just the truth of your being. But when we understand something, and most things that we understand are things like, I understand how the coffee maker works. And I could say I know how the coffee maker works, which would be fine. Um, and I do. I both understand it and I know it. So in other words, I not just comprehend how it works. Like, I, I know how to make coffee. That's the knowing. I know how to make coffee. I know how to, to have the machine produce coffee. Um, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but the understanding is like, I don't understand how my car works. I don't know how it works. I don't. There's something about combustion. I think that's as far as I can go. I know how to make it work, but I don't understand how it works. I don't know how it works. I have no idea. Just something about combustion. If you need to know more than that, you should ask somebody else because I don't need to know. I, I don't understand it. I've never tried to understand it. It doesn't matter to me how it works as long as it works. <laughs> so, but the law of cause and effect is a universal law that never ever has uh, a moment of pause, ever. So it applies to everyone equally all the time. Everyone equally all the time. So there's cause that is first cause. You may hear talk of first cause, first cause, is it's it's God, God the Creator God, and we're part of the Creator God. So as a Course in Miracles talks about, and Kristen is is not a, uh, a really uh, someone very knowledgeable about the Course, so that's why she's asking these questions. She'd like to really know it, and good for her. And so the. What, what the Course talks about is that there's a difference between creation and making things, right? So I make a cup of coffee. Uh, we create uh, an experience of love, an experience of peace. We create expressions of beauty, right? So basically when we're creating, we're expressing, we're revealing, we're engaging with the spiritual qualities, that are listed in the front of your, uh, in the beginning part of your uh, Masterful Living Journal, part one, those spiritual qualities there. So the spiritual qualities are infinite, eternal, uh, like great rays of light, like the rainbow, and um, the blue ray, as we talked a little bit about when we talked about the violet ray, the blue ray is, uh, it's about, Aligning with divine will. It's also about clarity, purity of mind, 
uh, and strength. And uh, that blue ray is, uh, it's, it's constant. It's all the time. So we can attune to it and express it. And that's one of the possibilities that we have. Just like with the, the yellow ray, which is this, the next ray, uh, it is about illumination and divine wisdom, right? So we can have, we can use divine wisdom and create expressions of divine wisdom. That's definitely what I'm doing here in this class. What we're doing together is we're creating beautiful expressions of divine wisdom through our joining together. Uh, so, so going back to Kristen's question about how can I be responsible for everything I see? The simple answer is we all share one mind. There aren't two minds of God. There's just the one mind of God. We are all of God, and there's just the one God with the one mind, and we're all sharing it. We are all part of it. So everything that we can see in the world is created, well, or made by the one mind. So how can we not be responsible for what we see when we're all one? So if, I think one of the best ways to understand how the one mind works from my learning is to look at the work of Dr. Hugh Lin with the Ho'oponopono, right? So there he is. He's in that psych ward, and he starts doing the Ho'oponopono, which that practice is about taking responsibility. So he took responsibility for how his patients were showing up in this world. He took responsibility for anything in his awareness that contributed to how they were showing up. He took responsibility for how things in the ward were showing up. And it seems for sure that he took responsibility for how his coworkers were showing up. And I'm just going to shut this door. Somebody came through and opened it and didn't close it. And there's a kitchen next door. So one second. So, it's good to have no attachments. Uh, so, just think how they, they remodeled, they, they, they refurbished the building because of the work that he did within his own awareness. So everything that's showing up in our life is to help us. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. That's what A Course in Miracles says. Zero exceptions. Everything is working together for our good. So for me, I can say, okay, that guy who broke my car window, for my good. 
the the guy who who uh, tried to steal my camera, the guy who held me up with a knife, the kids who molested me, everything showing up for my good and I'm going to claim it as my good. What else could it be? Do I comprehend it? No, I don't. The guy who broke my window, I thought, you know what? This is just God's way of saying, would you hold this guy in prayer? Would you do that for him? He could really use some prayer right now. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. And I can get the window fixed. And I, I don't have to be upset about it for even a half a second. So cry for love, I'm here. I'll answer that cry. Uh, other times I get annoyed. You know, I think, oh, come on. I, I, that baklava was for me. Does, it, does anybody notice? Come on. Come on. Hey. And then I let it go, right? But I do have a moment. Hey. Let's come forward to that. All right. So practicing non-attachment again. But going back to I'm responsible for what I see. This is something to really look deeply at and to comprehend. Because in that section, in, uh, in the, uh, the text, it's my page 448 in the FIP, the Foundation for Inner Peace version that I use. In there, it clearly says, in order to have a life of peace, in order to have vision, in order to have happiness, and all the good that there is to have in life, all you have to do is say, I'm responsible for everything I see. That's it. Therefore, everything must be as I wish it to be. End of story. Let me accept it. Let me allow it. Let me not try to argue with it or say no to it. Let me just accept it so that I can be happy and healthy and harmonious and peaceful and prosperous and abundant and everything else that I'd like to be. That's the way. There is no other way. It just isn't. That's the way. So it's so important to contemplate this in order to know it. So I will share with you my knowing of it. But everyone must find their own. You may get your knowing of it right here, listening to my voice or listening to it later. You may get your knowing of it while you're pushing the cart in the grocery store. You see something and all of a sudden, boom, now you get it. But the main thing is, is to say to the Holy Spirit, this I'd like to understand. I would also invite you to go back and uh, look at the teaching of Ho'oponopono because I do feel that what Hugh Lynn teaches on um, responsibility, uh, he, I, I, he does use that word in there. It's, it's really, it's a very clear teaching to me. All right, there's, there's more, but uh, Laurel, you wanted to share something? Hang on a second. I wanted to ask, I get it that we're responsible for everything we see, but are we responsible for everything we don't see? Like? And things in the, in, in the world that I don't know about. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one mind holding, think of um, 
what well here again we've got the teachings of um oh, david hawkins uh sharing with us the impact of jesus's awareness having that pure pristine christ-minded awareness walking on this earth that one person holding that level of awareness in form can balance out all the negativity in the world can can bring it bring the world to balance so he walked the earth thousands of years ago his teachings have been used to rape pillage and murder people and uh just horrible acts of violence and and thievery and just the you know molesting of children all kinds of things have happened in the christian churches and they've even went through and and modified his teachings and and turned them into something he never ever said and he would be you know if he were judgmental he would be horrified that they were using the teachings to say that gay people can't be married or that oh you know just so many of the things that have come to to be associated with the teachings of Jesus that were no part of his teaching ever at all including a virgin birth that was added 300 years after his death to the bible he never spoke of it you know if he was born of a virgin birth he would have mentioned it he would have somewhere along the way he would have said hey who who here has been born of a virgin okay so i think somebody should listen to me because i was born of a virgin hello hello right <laughs> but he never he never even said boo about it because it did it was not it was something thing anyway not that people aren't sometimes born of a virgin he was he never claimed to be it was not something he ever spoke about it was added 300 years later by the early uh christian church anyway um going going back to the law of cause and effect to me the best way that i have understood it is i've seen it operating in my life so when we take responsibility for what is occurring without any blame no blame this blame is judgment and it's different than responsibility responsibility and blame are two very different things blame has the judgment in it and it's not about responsibility uh it's really uh about attack so that's why i say 100% responsibility 0% blame when we start to and this was the miraculous thing that i saw in my life when i started to really take responsibility for everything i see and drop all blame all shame then i began to see oh here's why i never wanted to do this before because now i'm empowered i'm empowered to live a wonderful life I'm empowered to do whatever I'd like to do. I'm empowered to stop playing small. But when I'm blaming myself or others and not taking responsibility, saying that other people 
are responsible for how I feel. Other people are responsible for my prosperity. Other people are responsible for my happiness. If anybody in my life is responsible for things that I'm not responsible for, and it's impacting me, then I don't understand the nature of this universe. And it's really because I'm denying it. I'm denying it. Why? So that I can just live in the world that I made. But I, I didn't like the world I made. I was unhappy in the world I made. And I, so I decided, you know what? I'd like to live in God's world. And that decision uh, required me to take responsibility for everything that I saw. And it also gave me the opportunity to begin to see more clearly the law of cause and effect operating in my life. So in the chapter two section, fear and conflict that I talk about over and over and over again, there are some key statements in there. And one is that there are no idle thoughts, meaning that there are no thoughts that we can have that do not have an effect. There are no idle thoughts. So there are no thoughts that we can have that will not have some kind of effect in the world. So what are effects, right? So all thought produces form at some level. Form is part of the effect. Effects are, and form are, well, form is how we feel. It's our emotions. It's our physical body. It's our physical circumstances. It's the world that we see and the world that we don't see. And the world of form and things in form also includes our thoughts. So sometimes we have a thought that then is like, uh, uh, it has all these other thoughts. It's the thought that is the father or the mother of many other thoughts, right? So uh, our all thought produces form at some level. And we're, we're looking at form in, in all these different levels that I just mentioned. So... Uh, Jesus also says in this section that it's difficult to understand. It's hard to understand that our thought combined with our belief and there, when he says belief, he, what he really means is like putting your heart into it, putting your energy into it. So having a thought that you invest your awareness and energy into, you really put your energy into it. That that combination of thought and belief is a power that can literally move mountains. That's what he says. It's difficult to understand this. It's hard to believe this. But nonetheless, it's true. Why would we not want to understand this? Because then we'd have to take responsibility for everything in our life. We'd have to stop blaming anybody else and say, I, I did it. This is mine. 
And because we're so entrenched in our judgments, our opinions about things, the prospect of taking responsibility it, it, for the ego mind, there is no responsibility without blame. For the spirit, there's responsibility without blame. Blame does not exist in the spirit mind. Only responsibility. And really in ego, only blame. So if you're in blame, it's always a great way to go, oh, I'm just, I've gotten on the pain train. I'm riding with the ego. I can get off right now by taking responsibility. I'm responsible for everything I say. Everything is just as I wish it would be. Now, what I've learned as a very helpful tool is that I can, and you've heard me say this before, that I can, instead of going, why is this happening to me? We can say, hmm, I wonder why this is happening to me. What's the benefit here for me? What am I trying to learn? What am I trying to remember here? Well, how is this my wake-up call? How is this something juicy, wonderful healing for me? And when I was really upset, my way of doing that would be like, I'm learning something wonderful here. I'm being blessed right here, right now by this very experience that I don't like at all. There is a gift for me and I am receiving it. Thank you, God, for my blessing. And that pouring that energy into my gratitude, into my declarations, would turn the tide. I'm no longer a victim. No longer a victim. You cannot stomp around your house, with, or at least I couldn't, stomp around my house and pour all that energy into being grateful for the healing, grateful for the learning, yet un, uncomprehended. But it's still there. It just hasn't percolated all the way through yet. But it's still there. Grateful, grateful, grateful. It's, it's hard to do that and stay feeling like a victim. It is. And that's, that's the 100% willingness. I don't like this. All my victim triggers are up. I, I'd like to kill somebody or kill myself or just throw myself out the window or something. I'm just at my wit's end. And yet, here is my prize, my gift, my blessing. I'm so grateful for it. It's total willingness in action. And that's what brings a tremendous healing over and over again. If it comes from the heart. If it doesn't come from the heart, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. But it's a way to activate the heart. I am willing to be grateful. I am willing to be willing to be willing to be willing to be grateful. Any small fraction of willingness is still willingness. So cause and effect. Let's look at cause and effect. So we were talking about in our relationships how we can get triggered into these uh, old beliefs very quickly where we start feeling like, I'm too much, I'm not enough. I'm too this, 
I'm not enough that, right? All these deep, intense, painful core beliefs, right? So we had that conversation about these, these old ancient beliefs that get triggered and triggered and triggered. And we talked about noticing that they're less than they were and which ones are still there. Some are, haven't been triggered in a while. We're feeling freedom. So let's look now at these same beliefs and triggers in terms of the law of cause and effect. So if you recall what those beliefs were about I'm to this, I'm not enough that, those core beliefs that get triggered in relationship, can you see how those thoughts, those precise core beliefs are the cause of an effect in your life, in your relationship, in your body, in your thinking. So your physical life, your emotional life, your mental life, your relationship life. Can you see how those core beliefs are the cause and what precisely do you see is the effect? So that we can really see here's the cause, here's the effect. Also, if you can see, I used to have this belief, or it used to be very strong for me, it's not so strong anymore, and you can see that that old effect that you used to experience in your face all the time, now, where did it go? Right? It's, it's disappearing. It's moving off the radar because the cause is being healed. So being able to recognize, aha, I've changed my mind about that, so I'm not experiencing that anymore. The cause is gone. The effect is gone. Does it make sense? Okay, so this is what you're discussing in your breakout. Any questions before we go to the breakout? Angela, you want to unmute yourself there? Yeah. My question is, um, I get the breakout question, and it makes sense to me. And one thing that I feel um, that I'd like to, to, to understand is that if I'm in a situation that's triggering, and on some level it doesn't feel ideal to me, Mm-hmm. Sometimes my, like as I'm working through it, mm-hmm. I'm working on um, my limited perception, like this, everything's okay, actually, but I think there's something wrong. So I think my, I tried to write the question. It's like, um, so I think I'm trying to work on either seeing it as an effect like it's from my limited thinking or it's from my 
Like I wouldn't experience anything but harmony if my mind was harmonious. And yet I think part of my learning has been to come into harmony with whatever is happening, not need it to change. So I don't know if you're feeling my question, but I'm, I feel like part of my healing has been stop thinking there's something wrong and trying to fix my thoughts, that my thoughts are creating problems. So I'm trying not to see problems anymore. And then I get your questions now and I'm just like, that that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if you can discern for me what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I can. And I think in order to support the whole group, if you give a tangible, yeah. So one of the thoughts I wrote down is what I see in my life is that I don't experience a lot of affection with my husband. So this has led me to think I'm not affectionate enough or I'm not enough. I'm not tender enough or I'm, I am so therefore I'm somehow blocking this free flow of love. So why isn't there a free flow of love here? So part of me can start to feel triggered and shut down and feel like I'm doing something wrong if there's not a free flow of love with him. So what I have been doing is kind of my response is stop looking for it from him and give it to myself and kind of start there. And yet, if I take your question, it's kind of like, it's something within me that, so again, without blaming myself, it's just, is it something within me that's creating that or it's, he is showing up that way. So I learn to. Okay. Seeking for love kind of thing. Yeah, so one thing is oftentimes when things are not as we wish they were, uh, we start thinking it's not how I wish it was. It's not how I wish it was. It's not how I wish it was. I don't have what I would like. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. And versus holding the space for or having a vision of doing the deep desire of my heart, for what we'd really like and the, the an, another aspect of it is what I hear is you're equating the cuddling affection kind of thing how whatever displays of affection you're thinking means affection uh, because one person's affection is different than another's. So whatever your version of affection is, you're thinking that that is the free flow of love, and the absence of that is not the free flow of love. But that's the meaning that you're giving to it. Yes. Yeah. So in part, you have an attachment to what the free flow of love is going to look like and feel like. And I would say, as you asked our questions, like that has disappeared a lot. It, I don't feel as needy. It doesn't feel as strong. Um, and yet when I share sometimes with prayer partners, I get almost this funny thing from them where it's like, well, don't you want more? Like almost like you're settling for something when actually I feel like I'm trying to come to peace with what is and see where the affection is. 
And yet maybe it's still something within me that's saying, well, how can you give up this dream fantasy cuddling, <laughs> you know? And so I think I'm working between my fantasy or attachment and my ideal where there is a full acceptance and there's no forcing. So I don't mean to complicate the question, but this is what this brings up for me. Yeah, exactly. So it is your interpretation and still uh, you, you'd like to have what you'd like to have. And for me with things like that, it's really about, I'd like to have what I'd like to have without any attachment to it. And that's where I find the work can be. It's like, I'd like to have the baklava without any attachment to it. I'd like to have the cuddling without any attachment to it. I would like to not be interpreting a lack of cuddling as being bad or wrong and be in total acceptance of the good that is right here, right now. And we all pick these things to work with where there's craving, there's needing, there's wanting, or there's aversion. Same attachments or attachments, whether it's an aversion or it's a craving. So I find most people I work with, most spiritual students, it's about a craving rather than an aversion, um, generally. Um, because most spiritual students don't really want to marinate in, I hate that. So it's more, I need that, I want that, I crave that. It's more palpable for a spiritual student. So that's how they're experiencing that attachment. And really, Spirit is really sharing this right now in a very clear way for the first time, that if we can really accept that whatever the craving is or the aversion, Whatever it is that feels so intense that it doesn't matter what it is. All that matters is we recognize it is this is the ego's, uh, our attachment to the denial of our union with God. No matter how that intense craving, yearning is showing up, it is an expression, an ego expression of the denial of God, the refusal to accept unity with our brothers and sisters and with spirit itself. So let us not get caught up in the effect, okay? So the, the main thing is the, the yearning, the craving has, it's got the same cause as, um, somebody else's craving to be famous. Or maybe somebody else's sexual addiction or addiction to drugs, that kind of craving. It, it, it comes from the same place. 
And the good news is we do not have to comprehend it. I just, I'm so grateful to have realized I do not have to comprehend these things. I do not have to understand them with my ego, analytical thought processes. I can let all of that go and just say, Spirit, I'd like to be free of it. Because many people can chase understanding of it their entire lifetime and never be free of it. Because every time that they're working so hard to try to understand it, they're, bringing, they're grabbing onto it more and more and putting energy into it more and more and more. And so when people are trying to make their feelings known or to feel understood, um, they're just grabbing onto it more and more. And that's what I, what I realized. And, and really what, what is masterful is to say, I, I don't need any of that information. It's just not, I'm not going to put my energy into that. It's like this. It's, it's like saying, okay, I live in LA and I'd like to go to Toronto. And we can, we can walk there. We can drive there. We can take a bus. We can try to take trains. We can take planes. Um, we can hitchhike. Uh, we could potentially, we could even crawl there, right? Uh, there's many different modes of transportation, but, and you can pick whichever way you want to go. But wouldn't it be, I mean, if you just like to be in Toronto now, if that was really what you wished for, would it nice be nice to just go, go to Toronto, and you're in Toronto? So, and we, we can do that by healing at the level of the mind. We don't have to walk there. We don't have to crawl there. We don't have to find a route on a map and keep refilling our car and driving there. Right? We don't have to do that. But the ego would say, no, 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 no. Don't you want to take the long, slow, scenic route? No, we don't. We don't anymore. Because the scenery doesn't change enough. It's not. An, we've seen it. We've seen it. And we still didn't understand it. So let's just go to a whole new level a new dimension. Is that helpful to you at all, Angela? I got everything from what you said and what came to me when you said it. And what I realized is what I deeply desire is to be in the flow of love. And I'm perceiving I'm not in it when certain things are happening. And it's not for me to change what is happening. It's to ask to be in the flow of love, to be shown where I'm missing it or just to ask to be there and then to um, like making it a problem and thinking I'm not okay. And it's that when you said denial of the union, it reminds, it's just like when I feel separate from the effects, like I can't relate to them or I don't know what to do about them. Then I feel separate and I feel so the way back is just to ask to be reconnected and, Holy Spirit will reconnect me. So I got everything. Thank you. 
Yes, beautifully said there, Angela. So the flow of love never stops. But we can pull ourselves out of it with separation thinking, with lack thinking. That's why the thoughts uh, that are part of the ego thought system are always about lack, limitation, attack, separation. And all victim thoughts are thoughts of lack, limitation, attack, separation. So, you know, to me, those four distinctions. Um, so when, when you're thinking there's a lack of affection, there's a limit on the affection, you're feeling separate from the affection, the flow of love is still there. And the only way we can experience or feel in any way lack and limitation, separation, or attack is simply because our mind is focused on it. Because in actuality, these things do not exist. Lack is an appearance that is the effect caused by our thinking. Limitation is an appearance, but there is no limitation. In, in infinite oneness, how could there be any limitation? It doesn't make, it's incomplete. What? Where would, where does the infinite stop and start? There's no way to experience limitation except within the illusion. But it, it doesn't actually exist. We can only experience a projection of it. And the same with uh, attack. There is no attack. I love, love, love in in the course. I forget where it is, but he's talking about the betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says there's a lot, something like, there's a lot of talk about how I felt abandoned that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he said, I did not feel abandoned because I knew that abandonment was not even possible I didn't feel abandoned because abandonment is not even possible in infinite perfect unity how can you be abandoned no it's a perception based on projection how can we be attacked it seems like we can be attacked it does I've been molested it seems like you can be attacked I've been uh, held up at knife point. I've had people grab my stuff and try to get away with it. I've had all kinds of attacks. I've had people say mean things to me so many times. Of course, we all have experienced attack, but it's only within the illusion. It's not real. The, if we don't energize it, we can see we're not attacked. We're not attacked. We are participating in a cry for love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was wonderful. All right. So our breakout question is going back to the core beliefs that I'm too much, I'm not enough, whatever those core beliefs were that we experienced in relationship. They were the cause. What was the effect? 
And where can we see that we've changed our mind and we're experiencing a different effect? Or without that cause in our thought system anymore, that effect is no longer in our experience anymore. All right. So we have our, our um, hang on a second. Let me just, oops, that didn't work. Um, Okay. All right. So I'm going to unmute everyone. Restart the recording. All right. Cause and effect. What I would love is if we could just, <clears throat> within uh, sort of a lasered effect, <laughs> to share what you've identified. This was the cause. This is the effect. Are you waving, Scott? Yes. Go ahead. Um, I'll try to say a one-sentence version. Um, I realized the root um, uh, thought that has caused a lot of my other beliefs is um, that I'm a victim, and that and the effect it causes all these other beliefs. I I feel like a, I'm a victim, and that leads me to be angry and then I judge myself as being too angry. Then I judge myself. The next effect is I'm no good. Then my next thought is I'm a loser. So it all comes from the thought that I'm a victim. Are you a victim? No. How do you, do you, do you know that? It's okay if you don't. Right now, I know it, but when I'm triggered, I don't know it. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Do you have any sense of an affirmation you could say when you're triggered? I'll get through this, breathe. When you get triggered, do you know, Scott, what are the go-to thoughts in your mind? The, go ahead. The thoughts that are triggering me or the thoughts that will stop me from being triggered? No, the thoughts that, when you feel emotionally triggered, what are the thoughts that start repeating? The old familiar thoughts, what are they? This person is bullying me. They're trying to hurt me. I'm not safe. Okay, so what I would invite you to do is to really make a comprehensive list of those kinds of thoughts when you're not triggered. Mm -hmm. You know, remembering, recalling what they are and writing them all down and then see if you can write a corresponding thought like um, 
uh, it's not safe. The corresponding thought or the canceling thought might be, I'm always safe because I am living the life of God. I live and move and have my being in God where it's always safe. Mm-hmm. So and just trying to hurt me, I could turn that around. They're trying, they're helping me. They may not be helping you though. So, um, that's a good, good, um, place to start. But, um, I would say something like, God is my protector, love is my protector, I'm choosing love, therefore I am protected. Take it always back to the infinite eternal truth of your being and out of the circumstances in order to feel God empowered. And I'd encourage you to, to when the transcript comes out tomorrow or or so to uh, to go back to this part of the transcript. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and look at it. Yeah, this this is a great place also for you to work with a spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had a two-hour session with my spiritual counselor. Um, great about this. Um, yeah. Great. So get that list, the two lists, and then go back to your spiritual counselor with them. Okay. That's what I, and refine that so that it really becomes, you feel so connected to the new thoughts. Mm. Good. Good work, Scott. Thank you. All right. Who else can see the cause and effect? Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't see you there, Paula. Go ahead. Uh, I realized as we were talking about this um, and shared with Sandy that um, I think I brought in things with me into this life. You know, mm-hmm. this is the life where I'm choosing to work on something. And so I could say that something so, so the cause comes from some other place. The cause comes from separation. I'm, you know, from the separation and all of the, you know, fallout from that. However, in this lifetime, the fact that, um, that I was, um, molested is what kind of created a, a, a huge rift between me and God. Right. Well, how I thought of God, you mm-hmm. know, if my earthly father can do this, think what my heavenly father can do. Mm-hmm. And so I projected that on God. So, or on love, on love, you know, you can't trust love. So the, 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 all the work that we're doing, I'm seeing now for me is re is um accepting you know not resisting accepting that i am that how can i accept that i am that love or that i am that divinity when 
I've spent so much time rejecting it. So it's the difference between the separation and the union. And it's, uh, um, you know, it's intense and it's beautiful. And uh, like, you know, I realized from through this work, I'm healing that. Yes. But I thought was the cause and the huge separation and my actual dislike of God, never Jesus. He was my brother, but that God, man, <laughs> he's a bad one. And so to, to bring that into self, yeah, uh, is part of the work that, that, that we're doing now, which I greatly, greatly appreciate. But that's what I saw. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, looking for the looking at the effect and saying there's a cause here that can be shifted. And if it's not readily available to us, just ask the Holy Spirit either to make it plain or take it away or both. Um, what I used to say all the time, and you've all heard me say, I'm sure, is I would say, if there's something I need to look at to acknowledge, to understand or comprehend, make it plain, make it so I can see it and acknowledge it and do whatever needs to be done in order for me to let this go and have it healed back to the root cause. If I don't need to look at it anymore, then just take it. It's yours. I, I don't need it anymore. So, and what enabled me to do that, and this is really critical to understand, what enabled me to do that was my willingness to let go of these identifications. So, for instance, what Scott's talking about is, in some ways, he's seen himself as a victim. In the church, he told us about that. In the school, he told us about that. With his parents, he told us about that related to his birthday. He, he, this is, he's, he's told us, uh, he's so, he's gotten so much clarity and so willing and so, um, generously transparent with us that he's shown us that this is, you know, his, uh, false identification is as a victim but and all of that serves god it serves his awakening it serves all humanity awakening and um how it serves we just have to take it for granted really sometimes we can see it sometimes we can't uh and to be able to have the courage to say I can shift identification. I don't need to see or be see, see myself or be seen by others in this way. I'm willing to be seen differently. And it, 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 it can be so challenging because it, it's our view of the world. It's our view of ourselves. It's how we relate to the world. That's what false identification is all about. But if we give it to the Holy Spirit and say, this is not my true identity, I'd like to walk in this world broadcasting my true identity for all to see so that when 
I come in contact with people, that true identity of the Christ is so potent and so powerful, others will wish to stand in their true identity too. And there will be spontaneous, miraculous healing wherever I go. What about that? So it's about really being able to say, I'm willing to give up any belief that I'm not the Christ. I'm willing to stand in the awareness that the Christ mind is my mind. My Christed nature is revealing itself in every area of my life. All right. Who else has? Thank you, Paula. Carla. Oh, here. All right. I think this is really perfect because this just happened this weekend. So I've been working on worthiness issues for real kind of focus for several years and more clarity. And I've had this business partner who doesn't show up, whatever. And I've I've been practicing letting go of what I think it means. Letting go of judgments and letting go of myself, of my judgment against myself. Mostly it was him to begin with, but then it became on me. And I realized, I don't know when it was, I made a decision a couple years ago. I recognized that I used to believe like I was a victim of his not being available. That I made a decision that this is my choice to continue interacting with him. If I choose that, I accept whatever happens, the circumstances of that, because, I don't know, because I don't think I even knew I was causing effect, but that's what I did. And I let go of it in my mind. Over time, you know, I just felt really very accepting and much more peaceful with myself. And I really, I work in form. I think I did at times. <laughs> Didn't really work out too well, <laughs> I must admit. And this weekend he came here and I just, he had all these ideas about the future. And I'm like, I just told him. I told him that a little bit, I didn't mean to, but I told him that, that I had made that decision, but I wasn't willing to have that relationship anymore. They need to have a balance, a more balance. And I don't know how that is. I don't know what that is. But I'm, I need someone who's willing to work with me to see if we can create that balance. And I want each of us to be comfortable. That's my, it's important to me. And I, I just, I don't know what I said, <laughs> but it's really amazing. I feel like there was a shift in the relationship. Yeah. Of course there is. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's so amazing that you this today and I'm here and this is perfect. So thank you for giving this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you.
All right. One last one. Anybody else like to share their cause and effect? Laurel? I just had it sitting here because I was trying to process it in the group, in the small group, and I was I was working backwards from from this debilitating fatigue. What is my what is my thought? You know, right. how am I creating this? Right. But I, I just I just got it that I feel separate. I mean, I feel separate from. I mean, the root the root belief there is is that, and I I see that I I create that. The effect of it is that I am in a, my home and I have absolutely almost no interaction with the outer world except the Internet. And, 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 and not having oh, – I don't know how to explain this exactly – but the not having – feeling that separation, then there's cascades of I'm not enough. And so I don't have enough energy that correlates with I'm not enough. So it's it's just, I don't know. I mean, I was so confused when we started this. And now I'm feeling like I'm getting a lot more clarity. Yes. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I would sit and contemplate this uh, when we complete the class. Okay. Yes. This is, you know, and we can also set the intention to see cause and effect more in our life. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Well, beautiful. Beautiful. I'd like to make sure everybody here in this class also knows that Angela is hosting these uh, breakout calls on Friday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, which is also Mm -hmm. 8 o'clock in the U.K., Um, and uh, each week there are 45 minutes. And you can come back and it'll be um, the breakout from last week. Or if there was a community call last week, there'll be a different breakout. And so it's just another opportunity to connect with people, to do more processing. And uh, I encourage you to come. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Let's pray. So grateful and so thankful for divine love active in our awareness. So grateful and thankful that our mind truly is the mind of God and that our identity is already perfect, whole, and complete. We are the perfect givers and receivers of love. So we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to be in that perfect flow of love. So grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to experience Terrific and tremendous, miraculous healing, awakening awareness. We are sharing the benefits of our miraculous healing with everyone because we are one with them. 
so grateful to join together to call it forth and to allow it to be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Bye for now.